0: Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.
1: Informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to AOA, day number two of the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. It's a beautiful day. It's cool and uh, the rain that was all around this area somehow avoided the show's site. and it'll be a big day number two here at the Farm Progress Show. We'll be talking with the uh, leaders of the American Soybean Association as well as the National Corn Growers Association on our program today. But happy to start things off with National Events Manager for Farm Progress, Matt Youngman who is leading a charmed life you must like had a dome over this place because there were some big rainfall amounts all around the area
2: yeah all the way all the way through Illinois got you know at our house in western Illinois two and a half inches and we just literally got a sprinkle is all so I guess clean living and church going by somebody it's it's not me but um, it's uh, it's we're certainly fortunate to have great weather
0: I thought we would be dealing with muddy parking lots today and issues getting in and out but no problem no problem
2: actually we just we got enough of a sprinkle ironically that uh, that the streets were were fairly wet last night when the street sweepers came through and when that happens they do a great job the streets are beautiful they look super clean and and everything you know it's it's just neat as a pin out there
0: i thought yesterday's opening day crowd was maybe a little lighter than we thought a very good crowd but just not quite as big as i thought it might have been
2: yeah so it was off just a tick and and but if you looked at the three-day weather schedule, if, if, you, if you said, okay, I'm going to look at the weather and I'm going to see what day is the day to come to the Farm Progress Show, you would not have picked yesterday. So that means if we had, if, if we had a, a, a good Tuesday, we'll call it a good Tuesday. It wasn't any kind of record-breaking right. Tuesday, but we had a good Tuesday. Um, I think that bodes well for today, and, and gives me a little bit of hope for Thursday that we can have an okay crowd on Thursday. Yeah,
0: weather as we said, just ideal, and then you got a big concert tonight yeah. as well.
2: Yeah, I think that's and I think that's probably going to spread the attendance out a little bit today. You know, they're not they didn't they're not going to just hammer the gate at eight o'clock in the morning and plan on being here till eight o'clock tonight. So they might come in at especially you know it's not going to it's not going to get hot today, so there's no reason to come early and get out fast. They could come middle of the morning, have a good day at the show, and then enjoy the concert tonight. That's um that, it's really exciting to be able to bolt on some some a-list talent like lee bryce uh, as quickly as we were able to put that together
3: how
0: did the traffic go yesterday the
2: traffic went really well you know it's, it's kind of like the first 40 acres that you harvest it doesn't go perfectly because you're knocking off you're shining everything up and knocking the rust off and getting them getting the machine up and running whether that's you know the the intersections or the signage and and um, it, it went fu- it went really well, and then i 've gotten two emails this morning from folks that just randomly emailed to tell me how efficient the, the traffic line was. They got from the interstate exit and parked in twelve minutes, which is which is just great 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 to hear
0: already we 've heard it 's a bigger crowd though today always is on Wednesday always
2: is on Wednesday um, that and, and then tomorrow will be the lightest day we can just we can, we're mm-hmm. just assured of that at, and that 's the day that all my friends and family will be here.
0: How did it go in the fields yesterday? It
2: it it was beautiful. I mean, what what I forecasted yesterday when I sat in here with you was that it was going to go great, and it did. It was a beautiful beautiful crowd out there. Corn's yielding well. Nice moisture, twenty percent moisture, and uh, and then tillage was good. Tiling was good. Um, you know, hearing a lot of complimentary things about about how it went out there.
0: A lot of special activities, I know, going on. It keeps you busy, uh, hopping from here to there.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, You know whether it's the governor coming yesterday or it's uh you know that concert we're gonna the supply chain thing chain thing you wouldn't think that would affect the concert but um, we're gonna have to use the combine and one of the tractors from the field demonstrations run them in the demo clean them up circulate them around to the opposite end of the facility get them wedged in next to a a, a stage for the concert tonight
0: yeah that's how tight things are so everything needs to run the run smoothly so uh as you look at how the show's gone so far are you happy with everything anything maybe any problems that you weren't expecting
2: no i mean there's there's always there's always little things that that pop up but you know in the grand scheme of things if, if i'm working on some of these little things that means all the big things are going well i'm not hearing of traffic issues the, the field demos are good the EMS, you know there's one group of people that i don't want to get any business and that's the ems folks and um, you know for the size of crowd we had yesterday we had very few ems calls um, and, and with it, with a crowd, you know, the far, the average farmer is 56 years old, which means there's a lot of 60 and 70 and folks in their 80s wandering around this show. So, you know, to, to have that few EMS calls, I'm, I'm thrilled with the way everything is working.
0: Let's keep her rolling then. Thank you, Mike. I'll take care, Matt. Talk to you tomorrow. You bet. Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. We are broadcasting from the Syngenta tent, joined now by Mead McDonald, Product Marketing Lead for Insecticides, with Syngenta, Mead, thanks for joining us. I'll talk a little corn rootworm. That's a challenge for corn farmers, that's for sure. And reminding them, it's not too early to start thinking about management for next year, right?
4: Uh, that's exactly right, Mike. And uh, it's good to be here. And thanks for the chance to uh, to say a few words. Yeah, corn rootworm's been around a long time, and there, you know, over the past few years, you know, we, you know, there's been lighter pressure. Um, but man, have we heard about? Uh, damage during the 2021 season uh, that we've seen this year. We've seen uh, a lot of, you know, some lodge corn. Um, We've heard a lot about all the beetles that, uh, the adult corn rootworm beetles that growers are reporting, seeing in their fields in July and August. So that's definitely uh, a good indication uh, that growers need to be really thinking about and developing a strategy to manage this pest in, in for the 22 season,
0: you can't take it for granted. You can't let your guard down, right? Nope. So, what does Syngenta have uh, for corn rootworm control?
4: Yeah, so we we have had uh, Force brand insecticide in the marketplace for for many years, and it is it is uh, continues to be a proven and and trusted product when it comes to managing uh, corn rootworm. It's it's still very effective. Um, and, and I think will continue to be, it has a, a powerful uh, mode of action that's, that's really resilient. And you know, we have not seen any resistance to, to the active ingredient that's in our Force brand insecticide, which is tefluthrin. And uh, so, you know, Force has been around a long time, but we, what we've done over the past couple years, Mike, is we've um, improved the formulations to uh, improve handling of the product, uh, to improve logistics and storage, uh, so on the granular side, we've got 4.6.5G. That is a higher-loading uh, granule. Uh, it's, it's packaged in a lighter bag, uh, so it's in a 40-pound bag. It's easier to handle for a grower who's, you know, filling up boxes on the back of the planter. Um, but one thing that's different about the new formulation is that each granule is actually denser and heavier than the original product. So it's a lighter bag, but it's mm-hmm. actually a denser granule that should improve the placement in the furrow, uh, especially on a windy day. So higher loading means less bags uh, to handle, uh, fewer stops to refill the planter, and the same best-in-class performance that growers have come to know and trust for many years.
0: How can growers learn more?
4: Yep. Uh, I think the the um, one, one last thing, we uh, Mike, we also have a liquid formulation, of oh, course, okay. called Force Evo. Mm-hmm. And I, I d- really quick, I want to make just a quick comment on that. Uh, Force Evo um, is also it is, uh, really easy to use in that it is uh, fertilizer compatible so it mixes great with starter fertilizer and we've tested hundreds of, the, of starter fertilizers and we've not found one that doesn't mix readily with Force Evo. so uh, Force Evo is um, excellent cold tolerance and and continues to really perform. Okay. For growers that are looking for more information, they can talk to their Syngenta sales rep.
0: Talk to your local sales yep. rep, for sure. That's Mead McDonald, product marketing lead, insecticides with Syngenta Crop Protection. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up.
5: When you choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, you're putting proven yield advantage to work in your fields. Extend Flex Soybeans offer elite genetics built on the proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend Soybeans. In fact, farmers saw a four bushel per acre advantage and a 70% average win rate over enlist E3 soybeans in 2020 germplasm trials. The Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice.
6: Always follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices. Channel Seedsmen don't just sell soybean seed. You can trust them to understand your fields and place Channel Soybean products to perform. With a Roundup Ready Extend crop system including triple stacked Channel flex soybeans, you can be confident you're getting the excellent weed control you want and high yield potential you need to make the most of the season. Find a seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
7: When it comes to squeezing the most fuel efficiency out of every gallon of diesel fuel, there's nothing better than Diesel X Gold from FS. Modern engines are designed with more power while preventing harmful emissions. Diesel X Gold keeps them operating that way with its advanced detergent chemistry that keeps injectors operating like new and its healthy dose of cetane improver that makes sure engines start quickly and combust fuel more completely. So count on Diesel X Gold from FS. Absolutely the best fuel to power and protect diesel engines. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information.
6: Heading to the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. During the show, Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 441. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 441 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Decatur at the Farm Progress Show.
0: and welcome back day number two here at the farm progress show decatur illinois broadcasting from the syngenta tent we have with us leaders from both the american soybean association and the national corn growers association we have uh... chris edgington he is uh... first vice president soon to become president of uh... national corn growers from iowa chris good to see you good to be here thank you mike also with us we have uh... the incoming first vice president for NCGA Tom Haig from Minnesota. Tom, good to see you.
8: Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here.
0: And we have with us Kevin Scott, president of the American Soybean Association from South Dakota. Good to see you.
9: Always good to be here too, Mike. Thank you. You, you get along with these guys alright? I right? get along with them
0: fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> alright. Well, let's. Uh, I want to do a quick crop report first of all. Okay, so Chris, uh, your, your farm in Iowa, how do things look?
10: You yeah, know, it's been a really dry year. Um, up until Friday night, um, we uh, we were seven, eight, nine inches behind. I live I live right up on the on the Iowa Minnesota border, and it's just been pretty dry. Um, surprisingly, things have, have hung in there from some timely small rains and a lot of heavy dew. Um, but Friday night we got nine to twelve inches of rain. Wow. Uh, got it all and at so once. Now we're above average. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just got there the hard way. Any damage? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's some wind, um, and with that, and so the corn that was. Pretty well done. Uh, there's some of that that's flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mess some of that up. And, and uh, one of the crazy things is, is, is uh, as dry as we've been, we've got more, more white mold this year than we've seen in years. Wow. And it's just kind of prevalent all over.
0: So you've got a challenging harvest ahead of you, sounds we like. We do
10: have a challenge. I saw a, field, I saw a field right across the road from one of ours that's pretty almost as flat as the chips laying on the floor here. Um, not sure, and those guys feed cattle. And they want that grain, and that's uh, mm. and that's going to be a challenge for yeah. them to get that up.
0: Tom, what about the, your place in Minnesota? How do things look?
10: Where
8: in Minnesota, we were in the D3, so we've been dry all, all year. We have had, since the planting, we had three inches of rain. When Chris got his uh, 9 to 10, we got three. So a lot of the light soil is done. Some of the heavier ground is hanging in there because of the subsoil moisture we had last year mm. and that. But uh, there will be something to combine. Luckily, the winds have stayed away and so has the hail. So in my that's one nice thing in our area.
0: I, I think I saw something today where there's some harvesting starting up in Minnesota. There's some
8: harvesting. The guys that uh, that are dairy farmers, they've been going at uh, silage here for the past week, trying to get what they can of the poor ground and then trying to mix it in with their good ground. So yes. It's been a tough year though, right? It's been a tough year for Minnesota. And, you know, we've been blessed the last number of years to having good crops and uh, Mother Nature just says it's our turn this year to uh, have the dry ground.
0: Yep. Yeah you know if you're having a good year and somebody else is having a bad year you feel for them but you know that it could be reversed the very next year that's uh, the nature of farming. Uh, Kevin what about in South Dakota your place?
9: Well so South Dakota over overall it's had a tough year and uh, it, uh, we were 98 percent in a, in a drought area basically and uh, fortunately for my house I'm in that two percent. Uh, we had a good crop going, but I am, I'm straight uh, west of Mike a little bit, uh, I don't know, maybe 200 miles or so. And when he had nine to 11, I had five and a half to six inches and a lot, of, a lot of rain also. So we have corn, certain varieties that are laying flat. Um, our soybeans are pretty squatty. You know, they were, they were just beautiful <laughs> before the rain. Uh, and we had had plenty in our area. Not plenty. We were, we were doing well. Uh, but overall in South Dakota a tough crop
0: mm-hmm. all right well let's talk some issues guys that uh, both corn and soybean growers are, are concerned about and Chris as you look at your top issue what would you say it is for
10: corn growers well we, we talked about this yesterday and there's probably six but right at the very top is the next generation fuels act um, we've it's got introduced um, there's actually a biofuels caucus going on right now talking about that and and've um, we've, we've got to continue to push. Um, liquid fuels um, higher compression engines um, renewable diesel is a, is a component in that and and soy but but ethanol um, is a proven track record um, and it's a proven track record in high compression engines where you know it, it cleans the it cleans the environment it's very economically feasible and it's here and now it, it's we don't we don't have to add more power lines or solar or wind or you know anything else it's it's here and now and and, uh, and it's going to be here, and we just need to continue to work with that.
0: How frustrating is it to keep hearing electric vehicles, electric vehicles, when you've got something right now that can help address uh, both the climate and the price
10: of the pump? It, it, it's frustrating. I mean, it really is. And, you know, I drove, I, I live in, in Sananskar, and I filled up with E85 before I left, and it was $1.89 at the pump. You know, it was $1.10. Now, I filled up at the Quad Cities, and they were only, uh, E85 was only 20 cents cheaper than, than their E30 blend they had there, but uh, um, you know it, it is. It's it's very frustrating. It, and we have you know Harvard did a study on greenhouse gas reductions, and we're over forty percent, and it's getting better. We have done so much in the liquid fuels from the renewable side, whether it's corn or soy, to help the environment. And, and we I think we all feel we like we're getting left out. They don't. They it's like everybody's chasing the shiny new toy, and we've been around too long now.
0: Yeah, and. Kevin, yeah. when we talk about biodiesel, renewable diesel, this this should be a slam dunk. But yet, uh, you got to keep pushing and pushing to to stay in there because it seems like they want to overlook you and go on to the other technologies.
9: Well, I know a lot of processors are uh, building up capacity in the biofuels area, and it. Uh the renewable diesel is, is an easy drop-in for, for diesel fuel, and so uh, we know there's going to be heavy, heavy use vehicles on the road for a long time, even if electric comes into play. So uh, the biofuels market um, uh, on the uh, renewable side, uh, we thought this administration would give it even a boost, you know, and it, it seems like they're not really uh, playing along with uh, the, either the ethanol or the biofuels area like we thought they would. And so um, I hope the, uh, uh, the builders of infrastructure are going to continue to go on and, and, and see a positive move. And uh, we'll, we'll get it done. And, uh, but yeah, we, we have the product. It's very frustrating not to be um, in the forefront of the administration's mind uh, uh, for use. You know, Let's get it done.
0: Tom, your state of Minnesota does a great job of uh, promoting biofuels. I know you'd like to see that more across the country. We would
8: like to see that more across the country. You know, we were one. Of, we were the first state to have uh, E10 as a mandate. You know, to put into the gasoline, and people. For, I think we forgot how much cleaner our air got once we got that 10%. You know, all the major cities had all that smog pollution and all that. All of a sudden, we cleaned it up with ethanol, and it's gone to the part that. But now people don't believe that anymore and better if we'd go up to 15 or higher just think of how much better air quality we would have in our country right now than what uh, people realize
10: yeah
0: and chris didn't have the epa submit lower rvo levels for
10: this year that <laughs> that that one was really <laughs> hard to take it, it is it's it's a it's a frustrating thing to watch watch things happen in dc because um, and, and this is just one topic of, of areas that's frustrating to watch, to watch the process. And, you know, unfortunately, agriculture, um, while we cover a huge part of the country, we don't have a lot of elected officials that can really, really help talk the dance. And, and most of the people that end up as, as appointees, whether it's at the EPA or some of the other agencies, have very little ag background, very little ethanol, very little bio background, you know, corn production, soy production. Um, it's it's frustrating deal to we educate and educate and educate and then to watch them say well yeah but you're 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 we're not going to use you yeah and it's 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 here and now and it's by far the most economically uh, quickest easiest way to clean the environment and do do a positive thing for the consumer
0: and we'll talk more about that as we go along Kevin uh, I also wanted to talk to you about waters of the U.S. That's a, it's it's a huge issue. It looks like this administration wants to change that. Just when w- took four years to get the 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 what many considered a bad rule in, in 15, finally get it changed, and now it looks like they want to change this one.
9: Yeah, we uh, we had improvements on that uh, waters of the U.S. And uh, it it is are things that we're going to fight about losing too. So. Th- their, their projections are that they'll change it, but I don't know that they've given us any uh, firm uh, direction in what they really want to change. And so it, we're uh, we're gonna, of course, push for uh, uh, the WOTUS that we had. Uh, it's better than uh, what we had prior to that. And uh, uh, so when that decision is made, and we hope they ask us our, uh, our opinion, um, uh, but like Mike said, uh, we, we aren't very many of us in in agriculture and so uh, we don't want to go out there as a uh, single entity like soybeans association we need to go out with soybean corn farm Bureau and everybody else in a coalition and get our uh, talking points right on wotus and uh, and then and then push the push the envelope a little farther than we're used to and aren't comfortable with but uh, We're going
0: to get it done. All right. We need to take a break. We are at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. Day number two. Weather's perfect. Great, uh, Great crowd is turning out. We're talking with leaders of both the American Soybean Association and the National Corn Growers Association as we broadcast from the Syngenta tent. Stay with us. Much more to come from here in Decatur right here on AOA.
3: DTN and Progressive Farmer bring producers the best content in agriculture. Each day, our editors post unique content to our website, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. DTN and Progressive Farmer provide insights throughout the year to questions like, what is the outlook for corn yields in 2021? Will feed prices surge? What about land prices? And what's today's weather forecast for my farm? For more intelligence like this, visit DTNPF.com.
6: Heading to the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. During the show, Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 441. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 441 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Decatur at the Farm Progress Show.
3: You're listening to AOA, I'm Kirsten Rawl. The weekly EIA report will be released later this morning. This afternoon, the USDA will release its monthly grain-crushing report pre-report estimates for the later-anticipated 448.8 million bushels of corn used for ethanol production in July. Grain futures continue to fall into the red today. This decline is mostly on technical weakness spurred by concerns of potential export disruptions from Hurricane Ida. On the Board of Trade this morning, September corn trading Nine and three quarters of a cent lower at 524 and a quarter of a cent. The December contract down seven and three quarters at 526 and a half cent. For soybeans, a September contract down seven and a fraction at 1291 and a half cent. The November contract down eight and a half cent at 1284. For wheat, Chicago wheat, September down a penny and three quarters at 705. The Kansas City wheat, September contract down three and a fraction at 702. Minneapolis spring wheat, December down four cents at seven 08, the September contract, down 16 and a fraction at 9.03 and three-quarters. Cattle futures were hit again Tuesday, finding no support in lower grain prices. Live cattle futures have fallen over the past six days as traders become more disappointed cash has not been able to increase. Traders anticipate steady to even lower packer bids due to the potential slowing of demand after the Labor Day weekend and due to declining box B prices. Tuesday, choice cuts were down 67 cents, with select cuts up 50. Looking at live cattle futures on the Board of Trade, the October contract down 17 cents at 126.75. The December contract down 17 at 133.30. For feeder cattle, the September contract up two cents at 163, even the October contract up seven cents at one sixty-seven eighty-two. In lean hogs, the October contract a dollar sixty-seven higher at ninety forty seven. The December contract up 82 cents at 82.77. You're listening to AOA. I'm Chris. First and Rawl.
0: hi this is mike adams thanks for listening to adams on agriculture join me monday through friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the
1: world information america's farmers and ranchers need to know on aoa now back to mike adams and back here at the farm progress
0: show in decatur illinois for day number two as we broadcast from the syngenta tent we're going to talk more with Chris Edgington, uh, the first vice president, soon to be president of the uh, National Corn Growers Association. We're also going to talk with Brad Doyle, the vice president of the American Soybean Association. But first, I want to talk with Phil Craig, agronomy service representative with Syngenta. And Phil, let's talk about uh, weed control, right? I mean, they're always got to talk with that. It's always a challenge. Uh, how do early season weeds impact? Do you think corn health, and then ultimately. The yield potential i mean we sometimes if we forget those early weed pressures
13: wind up costing yield at the end right absolutely those early season weeds uh have an effect later in the season and a lot of times we don't connect the dots right we kind of forget about those early season weeds but when we look at the nitrogen uh, one to two inch weeds nine pounds of nitrogen uh, consumed by those weeds When we think about a three-inch weed, the amount of rainfall that pulls away from the corn, those are the numbers that we can document. However, there is also an effect in the corn growth pattern by early season weeds. And uh, that is at the expense of root growth. And a lot of times that early early damage uh, to that root growth comes back to haunt us later in the summer. So what are some of the key weed
0: management uh, principles
13: growers should consider next year? So I think the first thing is always start clean. Uh, Start clean. The easiest weed to control is the one that we do not allow to come up. And so from that, make sure that we've got a good one-pass or two-pass program that takes out all of the weeds that are present, should there be any, and gives us a good overlapping residual program with multiple effective modes of action for the weeds that are important to us. What are some of the uh, products you would recommend? Our signature product is always going to start with Acuron corn herbicide. Uh, Acuron gives us those four active ingredients with three modes of action, uh, controls over 70 of the weeds that uh, corn growers are going to be faced with, and, and has those complementary sites of action and products in a very nice convenient premix that we can use in pre-emergent, post-emergent, one-pass or two-pass programs. So the key is not to get behind right out of the gate, right? Correct. Don't get behind out of, uh, straight out of the gate. And as we harvest this fall, pay attention to those weed escapes that might be out there in the field. Really start to plan the next year's weed control program. This year's we're harvesting. What about resistance? That's become a huge issue in fighting weeds. That's correct. Uh, resistance is always top of mind. Uh, fighting resistance, making sure that we're not promoting resistance and uh, with something like acuron we have those four active ing- uh, ingredients with the three sites of action and that's a big key part of resistance fighter uh, programs how do farmers get more information best place to get more information is uh, SyngentaUS.com us.com or www.findmorebushels.com
0: Find more bushels, all right. That (laughs) that brings a smile to the farmers' faces right here. Okay, Phil, thanks a lot. We'll talk again pretty soon, okay? Thank you. That's Phil Craig, Agronomy Service Representative with Syngenta. All right, joining me now again is uh, Chris Edgington from Iowa, the uh, first vice president, soon to be president of the National Corn Growers Association. We're joined now by Brad Doyle, vice president of the American Soybean Association uh, from Arkansas. Brad I'll I'll let you do what the others did earlier. Give us a crop report from uh, your state.
14: Thank you for having us here today. Um, I'm located in northeast Arkansas. We have started, uh, as a rice rice and soybean farmer, we have started rice harvest, I think, uh, for the threat of the hurricane that came through last week. And luckily, we we did uh, get through that with minimal damage. And so, uh, have not really heard any of the rice yields yet. Southern Arkansas, where we have started corn harvest uh, hearing good things so we're just now getting into it Uh, our crop because it was planting was uh, spread out uh, into June we still have a lot of green green crops out there in my part of the world soybeans especially
0: so you're gonna wait a while yet before you get the harvesting so you still irrigating
14: irrigating this week since we missed the rain from the hurricane
0: so you're, you live that close to a hurricane, you didn't even get no, any rain exactly out of it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah.
14: Wow. So we're, we're August was extremely dry, and, and uh, coming into September, we're, it's looking the same.
0: Are you optimistic, though, about your crop or we not? We are. We are. Yeah. It's,
14: uh, other than being a little late, I think uh, with the heat uh, and sunshine we got in August, they, they had time to catch up. So little to no disease pressure, but we, we use... Uh, the, the tools in our toolbox to protect that yield potential.
0: So you can come to the farm show and not be missing harvest this year? I right? have
14: a son at home working very oh, hard. Oh, he's working, <laughs> okay.
0: So you are missing as yes, uh, all right. Yes Alright, so I want to talk with both of you, Chris uh, Edgington with Corn Growers and Brad with with uh, Soybean Association. Let's talk about the infrastructure package. Um, you know, we, in agriculture we've been calling for years to get these kind of improvements on these particular areas. And now you get a bill like this, but you have to worry about the pay fors I mean, the proposed tax changes that might go along go along with it to pay for it. Chris, how concerned are you about that?
10: Well, you know, on, on the infrastructure package, as I understand it, the the t- the pay fors may not come back to agriculture. Um, the, the next time around, they might. And um, Brad just commented on he has a son home farming and and, and I do as well, along with a brother. My dad's still there, and I got nieces and and. It's, it's one of those things that um, we're multi-generational and proud of that, and some of these estate tax deals, this stepped-up basis, this 1031 exchange, all of these other things that they're throwing out there um, are, could be very difficult for the next generation to continue to farm. Um, they keep wanting to say that, well, we'll do an exemption for ag here, an exemption for this amount, and you know what? Exemptions typically don't work because they're not broad enough. They don't they don't take in the scope of, of multi generations working together and how that's that's all happened and and it's not just AG um, there's there's a lot of local restaurants a lot of local grocery stores and shoe stores that are small business family-owned um, real estate you, you know can be a family-owned and, and so all of these these taxes uh, um, are, are very frustrating I know where they're going or where they want to go um, but uh, as, as I told Congressman Scott a few months ago um, I would like infrastructure but I'm not going to give up the family farm to get some infrastructure. And, and that's what some of this stuff could do. And uh, we can we will survive with what we have if that's the way it's got to be. Um, because, uh, um, you know, we, we've actually in the last couple of days, we've talked about how many generations people have been. In, and there's people in my home county that have been in the, the farm has been in the same family for over 150 years. And, you know, that's that's crazy long for Iowa. Um, you know, you see that on the East Coast where they've been there longer. But that's that's a really long time. And. And some of those things are, are in danger of, of potentially not being there with some of, the, some of the, the proposals that are being floated around. Well, you
0: said something that I find interesting because I've been asking a lot of people in agriculture. Said, what's said, what's the line that you won't cross as much as you want infrastructure? What's that line that you don't want to cross to get it? And as you just pointed out, some of those tax changes would be that line, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Brad, your thoughts on that?
14: So it's hard enough to get into uh, to farming if you're not connected with, with a family. So with that being said, to your point, um, multi-generational, uh, not every kid, every child wants to come back to the farm, but those that do, we want them to have all the opportunity of the assets that we've helped build up over time, grandparents, great-grandparents, so many uh, like ours have been in the family for 100 years. Sadly, I lost my, my mother-in-law last month, so we had to transition very quickly. Uh, we did have some time to prepare, but that was the whole focus over the last few years is stepped-up basis and what what that could do to the farm. If you're in, stand the chance of inheriting, but you have to sell off to, to make that happen, it would be devastating. So the assurance that uh, the, the passing it down to the heirs is protected and we're not uh, penalized, that that is the utmost importance. Absolutely, infrastructure is important. We, we uh, can prove that this year with Memphis, Tennessee, two, river, uh, two bridges crossing the river, one was out of service for damage, and it took uh, a couple months to repair right before harvest. So we, uh, we know infrastructure is vital to getting our crop to the market, but uh, I think the sustainability of the family farm and the ability to pass that on is, is of higher value to me. Totally agree.
0: Yeah, uh, there's no denying the need for the infrastructure improvements, right? Uh, but we, we have to wait and see what are the what are the details in this, and what it's going to cost, and how it's going to be paid for. Chris, uh, before we let you go, any other issues for corn growers that you're especially uh, well? You right know,
10: down? one one of the other battles that we're fa- dealing with is E15, and you know, and we we lost a part of a court case right. um, from the Supreme Court, and 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 the labeling on that and. And as we talked earlier in the show, um, ethanol has such a proven track record, and and some of these are such what appear to be just very basic structural you know things that that should have been in place, and and um, and but we're fighting a very uh, a, a very competitive competitor for for a share in the marketplace, and I'm not even talking solar and wind, you know, and and so they're they're wanting to maintain their piece of that marketplace as well, and so we uh, we definitely. Uh, feel really proud and confident in our product, um, but uh, the continued push to get year-round E15 without any barriers um, ac- across the entire country, um, you know, um, as they mentioned earlier about smog in some of the cities, and we still have that in some of these cities, and yet they don't want to use even E10 hardly, let alone E15, and we know to clean it up because the studies are proving it time to time again. This will clean up your air quality. Um, so yeah, that, it's still a big that's a big issue for us.
0: Yeah, this should be a golden time for both ethanol and biodiesel and uh, well we ha- we have some headwinds still to fight in Washington DC but it seems to be always the case when it comes to biofuels that's for sure Chris Edgington uh, soon to be president of the National Corn Growers Association gonna clean up everything John Linder didn't get done right
10: well you know John did a great job but there's always things that roll to the next year. Uh, that's
0: right and Brad Doyle vice president, American Soybean Association. Thanks a lot, guys. More coming up. Stay with us from the Farm Progress Show on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up.
11: I'll take Dig a Little, Learn a Lot for 30 bushels.
8: Soft and crumbly. Tom.
11: How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win!
5: (laughs) Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station.
11: As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end the good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating, your kidneys could keep filtering, and your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant you're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.
6: Heading to the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois this year. Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. During the show, Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta Booth 441. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's Booth 441 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Decatur at the Farm Progress Show. Each and every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique, original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crops, cattle, equipment technology, and more. You'll find innovative topics like, would you plant soybeans in December? Experiments look at the possibility of boosting yields with early planting. Want to save time? Learn how through autonomous machinery systems. Will there be a surge in feed prices in 2021? And what's today's weather forecast for my farm? The editors of DTN and Progressive Farmer are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today.
5: When you choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, you're putting proven yield advantage to work in your fields. Extend Flex Soybeans offer elite genetics built on the proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. In fact, farmers saw a four bushel per acre advantage and a 70% average win rate over enlist E3 soybeans in 2020 germplasm trials. The Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Always follow
2: pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices.
6: Channel Seedsmen don't just sell soybean seed. You can trust them to understand your fields and place Channel soybean products to perform. With a Roundup Ready Extend crop system, including triple stacked Channel Extend Flex soybeans, you can be confident you're getting the excellent weed control you want and high yield potential you need to make the most of the season. Find a Seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
0: And back here at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois, I've asked uh, Chris Edgington, uh, the incoming president of National Corn Growers, to stick around. A couple more issues and uh, topics I want to touch on with him. But first, as we broadcast from the Syngenta tent, we also have, again, with us Phil Craig, agronomy service representative with Syngenta. We were talking earlier about uh, fighting weeds and weed control, and uh, it's very important. We will not talk about soybeans in particular here. Uh, how to delay the development of weed resistance in their in their fields. That's an ongoing challenge.
13: Exactly. Uh, As we look at delaying the onset of resistance or even stopping it, it's really about using multiple sites of action, Uh, mixing up the products, making sure that we're covering uh, all of the possible ways that that weed can emerge and possibly overcome whatever herbicide we're using.
0: Let's talk about Tavium.
13: So Tavium brings together the active ingredient dicamba and the active ingredient of esmatolichlor, which is dual magnum. So what we're getting there is we're getting the fast knockdown of the weeds through the dicamba and then the dual as the residual to overlap and give us uh, keep those weeds from coming up. It's our position that every pass that we make across a soybean field should have a residual product along with it so that we're extending uh, that that protection to keep those weeds from coming up.
0: So what's the most effective way? We know there are concerns when, when you say dicamba, that raises some concern levels with some. What's the most effective way to use it?
13: So uh, we always want to really adhere to those label uh, directions and those local restrictions on dicamba. I think the key to, You know, using dicamba is really all about using it early. Get it out there. You could even use a product like Tavium in your burn down program. But there's a lot of ways that we can implement dicamba into uh, our programs without running into trouble with some of the restrictions. And we have to remember having that residual, that dual in there, uh, you know, it it gives us time, right? Uh, Up to about three more weeks of, of control out of. A product like cavium than what we would see with just a dicamba product alone, mm-hmm.
0: and obviously, good weed control. You see the results in the yields at the end, right?
13: Absolutely, it's all about yield, right? And 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 protecting the genetic potential of both corn and soybeans, for that matter, is all about starting clean and keeping those weeds out of the mix, and allowing those genetics to perform the way they're designed to perform, and keeping weed resistance uh, out of our way for the future.
0: And how how can growers learn more about Tavium?
13: SyngentaUS.com forward slash Tavium, or just contact your local retailer.
0: All right, Phil, thanks a lot. Good to talk with you. Thanks for having us. Phil Craig with Syngenta. All right, I want to wrap things up with uh, Chris Edgington from Iowa, incoming president of the National Corn Growers Association. Uh, a couple of things. The Next Generation Fuels Act. Uh, we talked about all the challenges right now to get more ethanol uh, used, more biodiesel being used. What do you like about this legislation? How would this help?
10: Oh, it's, it's great legislation. It, it's great legislation as we move forward with. Um, um, Future engines, future environmental concerns. I mean, it's it's all about improving the environment. It's all about being a cheap fuel for the consumer. And, you know, the auto industry can build a high compression engine out of, out of the fuel that will come from the Next Generation Fuels Act, which allows, you know, better fueling mileage, better fuel efficiency. Um, you know, it's going to be a stepped-up program there'll be a target to hit in in 2026 and then another target to hit in 2031 um, as so the engine guys can redo things as they move that way and it's just going to be a, a really a great fuel for the consumer and and it will it will decrease probably their options at the pump a little bit um, because most of the newer engines then will just work with one of two fuels as to where you want to go. Um, still have all the traditional fleet that's still around. Be the, those That fuel will be available for them. Uh, but it's just a great new fuel that uh, um, and a great new way to, to move forward by by putting out a product that's renewable, it's clean, um, it's great for the environment, and, and it's here now. We can already do it. Put it on the shelf.
0: Let's talk one other issue, and that is Mexico and uh, their position on some of the uh, biotech uh, products that we have in this country, where are we with that?
10: Well, you know, that's, that's still in process. Um, first off, let's, let's, let's put out that we've got the trade agreement, and it is a great trade agreement. And it's got lots of dis- things in it for that. And, but, you know, to help some of that happen, we need to get a few more people in office in D.C. Um, they've still got a name that, uh, you know, the U.S. Ag. Both under the USTR as as well as in the in the USDA, and so we've got to get you know some more people there to work on it. I I know that the companies that are involved with the products are very actively engaged. We in corn are engaged with with working through that, and and right now it's all just a um, I don't know if I want to call it a threat. But that's how it's being presented because it's not being enacted until the current president is on the way out. Uh, he's put the, the timeline as, as he leaves office. Um, you know, in Mexico, they, they serve six-year terms as president. And, and then they can't run again until at least another six years have gone by. So, you know, he's, he's looking for food security for his, for his country. Um, but the U.S. corn, um, we've got multiple rail lines, multiple, multiple options. that we, we ship a lot of corn down there. It's very high quality. It's very fresh. Um, and and we're very confident that that product is is what he needs for his livestock industry and, and other areas. And it's not just it's not just a number two yellow. Um, there's a fair amount of white corn that goes down there as well for, for the food industry. And, and so you know you've got you've got a great trading partner with a great trade agreement. And then we've got some uh, um, wavy water at the moment that we're we're trying to smooth back out. A lot on the line here. I mean a lot, a lot on of the steak. line. A yeah. lot on the line. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot and uh, wish you well
0: with the harvest. Sounds like it's going to be a challenge. As you told us earlier, you have uh, some uh, weather issues, some down corn, and uh, it's going to be a long harvest for you, it sounds like.
10: You know, if it's dry, uh, it'll go a little better, which is funny to say because we've needed rain all year. But uh, a dry harvest really helps um, with uh, getting things to flow. Thank you. Good to see
0: you. Chris Edgington from Iowa, the incoming president of the National Corn Growers Association. That's going to wrap it up for today. Back here tomorrow at the Syngenta Tent. And we'll also be talking tomorrow with the president of the Illinois Farm Bureau. And we'll talk some more biofuels issues with Robert White with the Renewable Fuels Association. If you're going to be at the Farm Progress Show, stop by and see us at the Syngenta Tent. Thanks for being with us here on AOA.
5: Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extendamax is a restricted use pesticide. Always follow Stewardship Practice's all pesticide label directions and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state.
6: Any Anyone can sell you soybean seed. Channel Seedsmen place products to perform. With Channel Extend Flex soybeans and Channel Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans, you'll get the excellent weed control you want and the high yield potential you need. Make the most of the next season with the Roundup Ready Extend crop system and expert recommendations from Channel Seedsmen. Ask a seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.